This is our, our first Radiothon in a really long time. It's time to pay for your sins. Uh, and Radiothon is our donations funding drive. So we are looking to secure $50,000 of funding to help keep the station alive, to fund our core operations, including our leadership team, which is our amazing group of super talented volunteer producers and um, music leads and radio managers. Um, and it's you know hoping to, to support them as well as the events that we run for our volunteers and just the, the general costs that are associated with running a radio station. With it being so long since the last radio song, what, what prompted the decision for this one? Is Sin in trouble? Look, I think it's, it's a tough time for every organisation right now. Uh, it's, we're living in, in really tight times and really tough times, um, and coming out of the pandemic has, has not been easy for anyone, and Sin's no different. Um, it's been a really, really challenging few years, um, and this is sort of an opportunity for the community to come out and support us and um, donate to a station that, you know, hopefully supports them. Um, you know, if, if the community and the listeners feel supported by us, we hope that that can be, can be returned. Um, yeah, t- times are tight, but I think that's, that's the same for many organizations, and we just want to make sure that they don't get too tight. Look, as you talked about, there are some outcomes here. So wanting to support the leadership team, Mm -hmm. um, connecting SIN with communities of diverse young people, and also supporting SIN's broadcasting operations. How do you pay for, and what does running a radio station actually cost? How does that work? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, Look, I'm not our technical coordinator. I'm sure all of our our great tech coordinator could answer this question much uh, more efficiently than I could. But in short, we have a studio space, and that costs money to maintain. It has a lot of specialty equipment that degrades over time and needs to be replaced. We rely on um, paid software that requires annual or monthly fees um, for editing and for our live broadcast. Um, We have electrical bills and whatnot. And then we also have our actual – within the station, there's also uh, a broadcast um, box – Again, apologies for technical language. I'm sure specialists are, uh, are you know, banging their heads against the wall right now. Um, but that is basically like a specialized computer that sends the broadcast out to our tower. Um, and that's also expensive and costs money to maintain. We have technicians come and look at it frequently to make sure everything's running smoothly and, and how it should. And that sends the signal out to our tower, which is in Mount Dandenong. And that tower costs money to maintain as well. So we pay rent there, as every station does. And we also pay uh, upkeep costs, electrical bills. It's quite expensive to broadcast in terms of the actual amount of electricity needed um, to, to get the signal out. So those are all of the, the associated costs that come with it. Um, and that is, that's purely just for the broadcast itself. Like, let's assume that there's no staff and it was just a single signal going out. That those costs are all still associated with running a radio station. Now, you say, look, you, you don't have that technical background, but you do have... A social enterprise background is kind of the money maker for sin. Is that background coming in handy this year? I would say absolutely. Um, my background before my my previous role at sin, so my journey at sin, I started as a volunteer in 2019. I was studying law and criminology at the time, and sin was so wonderful that I abandoned all of that and just um, stuck with the station. Um, I was within the SIN Media Learning Program as a trainer and then was the social enterprise manager, as you mentioned. So I was working within social enterprise and not-for-profit sort of business management for a while before moving into into this current role. Um, and I, I think that that's been really key because, you know, running 
a not-for-profit, it can be really easy to, um, let's say, get bogged down in the in the details of. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to to really specifically say this. Uh, it, it can be really easy in a not-for-profit to be focused on um, the details of the everyday running and to let the sort of financial planning fall by the wayside. I I certainly am, you know, would would love to let them fall by the wayside because budgets are terrifying and and boring and I'm no good at them. Uh, but you you have to be. You have to force yourself to be and to work on them. Um, and I think that a lot of smaller organizations. You know, it's really taxing to to run a business and to organize finances. If you're a larger not-for-profit, you outsource a lot of that work. Um, and that's something that smaller organizations struggle with constantly. And smaller not-for-profits and, and social enterprises struggle with all the time because it's it's a lot of work. And when you don't have the staff, it can all fall. Um, it can sort of start to fall apart really quickly because there's just too many things to get done in the day. Um, so coming into this role with social enterprise background and with that financial leadership and that financial understanding has been really helpful just to make sure that that is our key priority as we navigate the next year um, and, you know, led to uh, to Radiothon and to getting this fundraising up. It's been in the works for a really long time. Our previous general manager, Evram, um, who is the best, really kicked this all off about a year ago. Uh, and yeah, it's. I think it's been a long time coming, but um, having the financial background has, has certainly been helpful. You talked about navigating the next year. Is that a question? Um, I think it's a question for everyone right now. We're in a cost of living crisis. We're in. Well, starting to look a little bit like a you know a little nervously like a recession, and not for profits are of course really hit by that. When the purse strings tighten on funding, not for profits are are generally the first to be hit. Um, we don't sell a good that people would purchase. We rely on generosity, um, and fortunately, we have a very generous community. And and even the the first. You know, a few days of Radiothon have really proved that. Um, but it's, it's always a question. It's a question for every business, um, and, and sin's no different. Mm, I guess your, your good is the, the training and the content. Is there a tension that exists between the content that young people are wanting to make and, I guess, as you were talking about, they're balancing the books? Yeah, I, I think it's we want to provide young people with everything that they could possibly want. Um, that's always the goal with Sin. That's always the dream with Sin. And I like to think that we do a fair bit of it, but there's always room for scope. And we have a really amazing team with lots of incredibly innovative ideas um, and volunteers as well who come with these fantastic plans. And um, what I'd really love to do with this Radiothon and if we surpass this budget is just be able to um, say yes to more things um, because they're all really exciting and you want to be able to do everything um, and every idea is fantastic. But I think the tension that comes up with balancing those books is that unfortunately we're working in a system where a lot of these things cost a lot of money and, and more money every day now. Um, so you sort of have to start to say no to more and more things and you know events shrink in size and the ability to offer scholarships shrinks in size which is something that we really want to boost as a result of this radiothon um for a little bit of context in order to join sin you do uh induction radio announcer training which i highly recommend if you're a young person listening and want to get on air 
And that does come with a small fee at the start. Um, we try to keep that as low as possible to make it as accessible as possible for young people. Um, but as I mentioned, this is a cost of living crisis. Rent's going up um, and wages are not. And young people are hit especially hard by that. So it can be challenging to afford the cost of, of that uh, announcer training, um, particularly for young people from communities that we would love to see more of on air. Um, First Nations and Aboriginal young people are, you know, among those most likely to be not able to afford it. Young people at risk of homelessness, um, queer young people. These are all groups that we want to see more of on air and hear more of on air. Uh, So we offer at the moment a limited number of scholarships per year where we take on the cost of that induction. So it is completely free for the young person joining SIN and getting on the air and, and getting their foot in the media industry. Um, and hopefully through this Radiothon, and if we're, our funding um, goes sort of as planned, then we'd be able to offer more of them. Mm. Um, as well, I'd like to note if you're an organization listening who is interested in supporting like a specific group of young people, we do have opportunities to fund those placements. Um, and we really, it, it's always super exciting when, when organizations get in touch to offer that, and we're, we're really excited to work in that direction. So just a little plug for them. More scholarships is great to want to say yes to are there any other things that you know are kind of on your wish list that you would like to expand or to bring back absolutely there's always there's always things um equipment's a big one we'd love to have some better audio editing equipment for volunteers to be trained on we you know sin is as far as our equipment goes pretty state-of-the-art which we take a lot of pride in because as a young person training you know that you can move into any other station and be, you know, every station's going to have its quirks and use different programs, but you'll be pretty well equipped to move into those spaces and and be up to date. Um, but we'd love to expand that into editing and production work. It would be great to get a voice recording studio set up, to get an editing suite set up. Um, these are all things that have been on the wish list for a really long time. So there's there's the equipment charges that would absolutely be be a real wish list. Um, we're also hoping to move our broadcast computer out of its current space so our broadcast broadcaster currently sits on top of a a roof and gets blasted by the sun every summer Um, and that's never ideal she's still holding on but we'd love to get the funding to move it into a, a safer more regulated environment that we could check on more easily and that would prevent any further damage um so there's yeah a lot of equipment costs are the first things that come up um, we'd also love, we've just opened our internship program for the first time um, with a, a great group of three interns who are due to start on, uh, looks like the 30th of May, tentatively. And that's the sort of thing that we would love to offer more of with more funding. We'd love to offer more spaces for young people to get that work experience and that professional development. So even looking into offering uh, year 10 work placement, which is something we get a lot of questions about. And, and currently uh, we, the government funding for that ended uh, a while ago as it did for for lots of groups um and we just we you know sort of said no thanks we don't have the we don't have the time we don't have the space we won't push too hard for it um and and increased funding would let us get back into that that work experience work um and also it would be great to offer some more casual roles for production and editing so there's a many different pd things that we could that we could do we could offer workshops for our volunteers we could get in external speakers um there's always something on the horizon that I would that I would love to say yes to that Radiothon donations could really help out with. Getting young people really in the door is that a is that a priority? Absolutely. So that is, I would say, one of our top priorities. I think 
as far as I'm concerned, coming into this as general manager, my, my top priority is always to just provide the safe space for young people to explore and to create and to make art. I think it's really crucial to our sanity as young people, you know, being with myself, uh, to be able to have a space where you can just make things and get weird with it and, and be strange. And, and I think that in doing so, you end up providing a really excellent broadcast. I think you make something, a, a, you know, a quality of product that's really resonates with listeners, that resonates with young people, that's actually interesting and diverse and, and has cool music and weird features. And um, I, so I think that's the priority. But what that ends up doing and, and something that Sin's always been really fantastic at is getting that, that foot in the door in the industry. Um, it's harder now than ever to get into the Australian media industry. Um, there's the adage of Jobs are always looking for a recent graduate with 10 years of work in a program that's existed for three. So we're hoping to provide at least a chunk of those 10 years of, of experience. Um, and volunteering's a really fantastic way to do that. We're also blessed with an alumni group that is has gone everywhere in media and arts. Um, in, in meeting with most organizations, if I say I'm from SIN, at least someone will put their hand up and say, oh, I volunteered at SIN, and it was it was fantastic. So we're able to pull on a lot of strings from a lot of organizations. And, and when volunteers are keen to go in one direction, that means that we're, with our 20 years of experience and connections, able to offer them placements and internships and connections and a network. And that's always been really exciting and something that that is really crucial to, to send into our volunteers um, and something that we want to do for another 20 in talking to a couple of different producers across um, music programs, culture programs, news programs as well, what producers are finding is that they just aren't those young people signing up. Do you think that's an issue with awareness, accessibility? Uh, yeah, so again, that's that's an issue with getting the word out. Um, our volunteer numbers did drop off during COVID. It's really hard to participate at a radio station when you have to record everything in a closet with a sheet over your head. And, you know, we have a great volunteer community. We've got about 400 current vols, but we'd love to see that expand because the more we have, the more we have on air and the more weird shows that they can make and, and choose to have and the more full our grid will be. And a lot of that is, is community outreach, which is something that, again, in today's climate costs money. Um, and I think Radiothon, hopefully, even if, you know, the, the hope is that even if people aren't in a position to currently donate and times are tight, we completely understand the hope is that even that they're getting the word out and that they're posting across socials and that they're telling the young people in their lives who are interested, um, you know, why don't you consider signing up? And, and this could be really exciting for you, even if you're a young person who has no real, you know, intention of pursuing a career in media. Um, it's, first of all, just a lot of fun. You make a lot of fantastic friends and it's a really great time. And second of all, who knows? I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I, I joined as a vol when I was had no intention of, of continuing into media. I had my career plan very clearly laid out. Uh, and five years later, I'm, I'm the general manager of the station. So it, it can throw a curveball in your direction just because it's such an incredible space to be in um, and so exciting all the time. So my, my hope is that, is that Radiothon is able to push that word out and then also give us the funding that we need to continue to push the word out and to continue to get our message across and, and get young people engaged. You talk about, like, you know, letting young people make weird shows. I mean, you were even involved with The Naughty Rude Show. The Naughty Rude Show is Sin's um, sex education and relationship advice show. It's on Sundays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, the EPs this year are doing a really great job, so I really recommend tuning in. Um, 
but that's I, I would say that that's one of our our more tame shows. Um, I've we've had seasonals of uh, just about Star Wars. We had one volunteer come and just do an entire season about the music of T Rex, um, and just play his great music on air for a full season. You have that background as a volunteer. You're wanting to, I guess, facilitate that. I guess more esoteric content. But then also this mm-hmm. year, you're now moving toward pursuing more sponsorships mm-hmm. and brand safety becomes a bit of a concern. Do you think there's a conflict there? I would actually kind of say the opposite. Um, I am really staunchly, in, and this is like, I'll catch this as a personal opinion, but I'm pretty staunchly against the um, move towards the, uh, yeah, the, the the brand management, the the what I like to call the corporatification of community media and specifically specifically of youth media. Um, I think that the weirder art is, the better art is. And quite frankly, that good art brings in listeners. Um, if if young people are making content that that they actually care about, that actually resonates with them and that they're not just doing what they think should be on air because they've heard some professionals do it and they think that that's what it's meant to sound like, um, it's it's great to do that if that's what you would like to do. But if you want to get up there and just sort of yell into the microphone for an hour, and that's your art, then awesome. And it's if you want to make a show about like if you want to write weird poetry and read it out dramatically while wearing a beret, then great. And it's going to come across on the air that you are genuinely passionate about it, that you genuinely care and love what you're talking about. And that good art brings in in listeners. People really respond to um, things that are made with love and with care and with affection. And, uh, you know, working with sponsors, the hope is that they're they're able to see. And, And when we found that they are, that they're able to see that our audience and our volunteers care about each other and trust each other. And then, you know, we choose to work with organizations that we also trust, that we think that our audience would, you know, would trust as well. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I think that they actually really go hand in hand because you, you end up with volunteers who care about what they're making, an audience that's super engaged and an audience that then trusts our sponsors and sponsors who then, you know, are able to support something that is actually meaningful to them. Um, you know, hopefully they're fans of the station as well, and and that's why they are supporting, and that's why they reach out and get in touch with us. To wrap up, there's lots of other um, community organisations out there at the moment running their own radiothons. As you've also addressed, there is that still that kind of cost of living crisis that we're all going through. So maybe people have already donated to other broadcasters, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't have any money really at all mm-hmm. to give to Sin. What's your final fundamental pitch to the community? to get around, I guess, SIN's Radiothon? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously donations are hugely appreciated. If you are listening and you would like to donate, you can head to sinsyn.org.au forward slash donate, um, and you can donate there. And if, as I mentioned before, if times are tight, if the pockets are feeling a little light and you can't donate, we completely understand. We are a youth station. You know, a lot of our volunteers and, and our community are in that position. Uh, and... What I would love is for the community to rally behind us and support us and get that word out. You know, if you can't donate, maybe your parents can, maybe your coworkers can, maybe someone who follows you on Facebook can, um, maybe that you know kid who's tried to get you involved in a pyramid scheme from high school can. Uh, so, if you could just get the word out, that would be honestly 
incredibly helpful to us. Um, Again, if you head to that link that I mentioned before, syn.org.au forward slash donate, you'll find all of the details there. Um, Donations are tax deductible. Uh, If they're over $2, it's through the Give Now program. And they can you can also choose to go into the raffle for some really exciting prizes. So there's a lot of benefit to donors themselves. And, you know, you can get the word out and you can let your community know about this Radiothon. That would be just incredible. Um, you can always tag Sin and things. Uh, we are generally speaking across all social medias. We're just SYN Media, just Sin Media. Um, and you can just at us there. Uh, and you can also use the hashtag pay for your sins which is what we're using to promote the the program. Um, feel free to share our amazing posters made by Holly McLaughlin. Um, they're really gorgeous, and she did a killer job. So uh, it would be great to yeah get the visuals out there, get the message out there, tell your community, tell your friends. We would just love for our listeners to really rally behind us in sort of our time of need and, and help support this great station that we all love so much. Mm-hmm.